What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 51 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined with my co-host, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? So, I got an email today from Steamforged, and they're my weakness. They send me everything that they're kickstarting, or they're creating a Kickstarter for. Uh, and this time around, it's the Monster Hunter World board game. <laughs> and I'm staring at it, knowing I fully well won't play this game if I buy it. But it looks so nice, and I want it. <laughs> I got the same email at 1.48 p.m. today <laughs> because I backed their Resident Evil 3 board game, which I still not have received. So my rule of thumb is until I receive the last one I backed, I am not backing your next one. Yeah. No, I they're pretty consistent. Uh, I have to dig back deep and see what was the last thing I kickstarted for them. Uh, but it might have been Dark Souls, might have been Bloodborne. Uh, I forgot who did Bloodborne. But, you know, those two did arrive. With so many boxes, so many boxes. Oh my god! Um, you want to hear about kickstarting and all right? This isn't the games cast. This is the board games cast for the yes, next five minutes or whatever. Finally. <laughs> so I kickstarted Marvel United. Ooh, that one looked great. And I have yet to play it because I want to paint the figures that it comes with because they come unpainted. And so I started painting, and the kids painted a couple. And as part of the Kickstarter. The pledges, when they hit certain milestone, you got more and more figures, okay? They also were releasing kickstarting expansions as well as it was going on. When it first showed up, I had it split delivery so that the main game would show up with the main figures and then everything else would show up later. Well, the main game comes with, I don't know, nine, ten figures, something like that. Characters that I haven't painted yet. I've painted maybe four five of them in total and another i don't know 55 figures showed up that's how it goes and so i have a kind of display it's not a display what am i looking for this shelving unit that i have for my board games and stuff like that and i used to have it standing vertically and recently i had to turn it horizontal so that I could just stack games on top of it all the way up to the ceiling to have enough room for the pandemic was a problem during the pandemic I that's when I discovered a Kickstarter and was like you know what <laughs> this thing's only gonna last you know what six months right and then we'll be right back to board games and it'll be nice have friends over yeah well more than a year later I've got maybe six games that haven't even been played for them the boxes haven't even been opened i mean i'm, I'm and, in that and i've still boat. got i've still got more coming yeah and so yeah I, I i need to just wait a little bit until we're actually back into having people over which we're close i mean i got you know my first stab last week nice and so i will get my second dose next month and a lot of my friends are already already fully vaccinated so we're getting there board games are almost back baby yeah, no, uh, we're planning a baby shower and we're going through the guest list and we're just like, everybody's, I think we have 98% of people confirmed vaccinated, uh, like fully vaccinated and it's, just, it's like 40 people, but even then it's still quite a lot of people in the US and I know it's not the case in the rest of the world, the uh, US is kind of a special case here, but um, it's a nice feeling to have, but I'm still quite wary about all of it, um, I'm still wearing my mask and everything, um, th there's those variants still out there. Um, I've had, you know, just last week I've had three 
pretty like you know family friends or like uncles aunts that had passed away from covid um so it's just like it's not you know it's still real it's still out there it's still scary Um, yeah no 100 percent 100 percent it's funny i actually i have an aunt that as of right now still is in the hospital uh, but it looks like she's going to be okay. And they That's are just good. trying to stabilize her breathing. She's been given oxygen and stuff like that. Yeah. But she's not outside of, she does have asthma outside of that. She's not an unhealthy person. So it is, it is scary. And even, I mean, I'll be almost two weeks out soon. And at that point, the vaccine's what? 80% effective, something along those lines. And I'm still rocking my mask everywhere. So and I honestly, I kind of like wearing a mask these days. It means I don't have to shave as often. And so uh, I'll probably be rocking one for a while, especially if Razor releases that dope one that oh, they had like, at CES. Project you Hazel. That, you think that's actually going to come out? They said, no, they said like two weeks later, three weeks later or something like that. They said that they were going to actually put it into production because they believe that even once we get past a point where vaccines are readily available and we're in that process, that masks are still going to be a part of our lives for the foreseeable future. And I mean, I think that's the case. I I think I could see myself personally rocking a mask at an amusement park or a sporting event somewhere where it's going to be super crowded. Like, I mean, obviously, if I probably won't rock one to dinner, hopefully by the time the end of the summer comes around, I won't rock it to family events, hopefully, because hopefully everybody's been responsible and But as far as somewhere where there's large bodies of people where I don't know what they're doing on the day to day and I can't trust that everybody's being responsible. Yeah. Um, And also it's one of those things with like, why not? You know, I mean, obviously I'm going to be fully vaccinated and there are going to be people saying if you're vaccinated, what's what are you worried about? Stuff like that. But it's other people don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. I, I I don't mind rocking I, the mask. I also, I, you know. I do have to say that this thing looks like it's straight out of, like, it's like an armor dropping either the Division or Borderlands. <laughs> All right. So, also, let's be real. I mean, I'm talking about being responsible and stuff like that. But also, I think it's it looks like a cool piece of tech. And I'm a sucker for a cool piece of tech. So. the I mean, the tagline is the world's smartest mask. Yeah, I mean, you well, know. What, what's it do outside of being a mask? Okay. So, here's what it does. The filters also have speakers so that when you're speaking, it will actually pick up your voice and amplify it so that people can hear you through the mask. When it's dark out, the mask will have a light on the inside that highlights your lips so that people can also read your lips, which obviously makes hearing what you're saying that much easier. Um, It will... Auto sterilization function. With a special charging case lined with a UV light. That's actually pretty neat. Yeah. I know they it, say you're supposed to wash your masks, but yeah. I don't know the last time I washed my mask. Ew, man. It'll also give you uh, plus seven stamina, if I recall correctly. Oh. So let's, let's listen, we've sidetracked enough seven minutes into this podcast. I don't think we've talked about actual video games yet. Let's just go ahead and get into what we've been playing. Blah, why don't you kick it off? What have you been playing lately? So, um, my boss beat Yakuza 7, and I was like, God damn it, I started this game before him, and I I just, I didn't drop it, but I kind of just sidelined it for other stuff, so... You know I it thought- bothers me that you call it Yakuza 7? Is that weird? Am I weird? Yakuza? No, 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 just because it's Yakuza like a dragon. Oh. Like, 
It's not actually called y- Yakuza Seven or Yakuza Seven. I don't mind you call it Yakuza yeah. Seven. My whole life, I called Mario Mario. So don't you know, growing up in Jersey, but. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, actually, actually, you're right. Though it is like a dragon. Uh, I I do like. I just call it seven as a quick shorthand in yeah, my yeah, mind. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know why it, it bothers me so much. It just does. <laughs> no, um, it, it's. I, I picked it back up, and I absolutely love this game. I know I talked about it before, where um, it's, it, you know, it still continues to tell a fantastic story. Great RPG elements. You know, I I, I think the more I play it. I feel like the more the RPG elements were a little bit rushed in, I think there was a story uh, talking about how it was decided like mid-cycle to change it into an RPG from a brawler. Uh, and like you can kind of see like how that might be the case. Uh, it, you know, it, it's minor things that I hope they smooth up in the sequel. Uh, but I think I'm in chapter 12 of 15. I had to collect 3 million yen to continue this story, main storyline, and I got sidetracked in this uh, business management sim. Where I run a confection shop, um, and so for the last four hours in that game, I have been running a business, <laughs> complete side mission. Uh, I mean, the Yakuza games are known to do crazy side quests. I mean, there's like a mini cart side game in here as well uh, with power ups and everything. So um, really enjoying that. Um, hoping to finish it this weekend, um, and then uh, see what where the story ends up going because it's taken some really good twists and turns of like some really good emotional beats uh and i'm really happy about that yeah that thing seems wild it seems like old school soap opera have you played uh any of the yakuza games no i had started to play zero zero i think but i had installed it on my laptop and it just didn't run that well i mean i have a quote-unquote gaming laptop but it it just didn't run that well. So I don't know if it's a matter of the port for that being not great. I haven't tried it on this desktop. And it was one of those things where a game that long, weirdly enough, I would actually rather have it on something like my laptop that's portable so that I can get an hour, half hour, 45, you know, something and get play a little bit at a time whenever I'm away from other things I would normally be playing. Because if I sit down at my console, even if I sit down at my computer, most of the times my friends are on or, and yeah. I want to. I'd rather play with them. I I, I was dreading uh, an invite to play Outriders at any point this week when I was playing Yakuza. And like it never came, and I was yeah, just like, yeah. I was like, oh, thank God, because um, I was like, if that comes, I'd rather be, I, you know, I'd rather see what the end game looks like with you guys. Um, but no, uh, it's it, it's interesting because this is not a short game by any means and i know we talked last week about like how assassin's creed and you know ghost of tsushima uh games like that their big open world ones have been on my backlog and i think the frame of mind that i've been in is it seemed just like this impossible mountain to climb over and now i'm just like i'm just gonna put an hour or two wherever i can get an hour just throw it at it even if i don't make much progress and in truth i've actually made quite a bit of progress in that hour and it you know it chips away at it and now i'm 34 hours into this game where I was 20 hours just last week somehow yeah. found 14 hours you know so yeah um you know um excited to see this through through the end uh on Saturday um my buddy messaged me a link on steam to it takes two and we had this funny back and forth exchange uh about being parents that you know, a husband and wife couple that just were not getting along, stuck in a rut, um, which is the uh, premise of uh, It Takes Two. And you play as a mom and dad 
who have been transformed into a clay doll and a wooden doll uh, because their daughter cries on a book and you then have to play a co-op game uh everybody knows that all magic comes from children's tears 100 um and i have to say this is my surprise hit of the year i did not expect to love this as much as i am loving it um you know when it comes to co-op games i wouldn't you know i wouldn't i would love to play something like this with my wife right but i feel like that would just lead to divorce um (laughs) yeah so you mentioned it takes two and i actually have plans to stream it i've been streaming again which i'll I'll get into a little when i talk about what i've been playing and i was trying to figure out who i want to play with obviously i could play my wife but she doesn't play a ton of games and the one she does something like this would just frustrate her and like you said i'm worried that life would imitate art in this scenario and i don't i don't want i don't need that the other thing is i was thinking about one of my buddies wanted to play and i thought that would be a good time and that would be fun and there'd be a lot of us yelling at each other but it just for me just didn't feel like the perfect fit especially not for something that i want to stream and so i've decided that the one person that i know i can yell at and won't divorce me is my son oh me and him are gonna give this a go i am sure years 10 years down the line he's gonna be sitting in some therapist's office explaining and discovering that all his issues stem from us streaming this game but i'm I'm excited to to give this a shot and and see i think it could be a good stream i think it'd be fun no i i think it definitely will be if he is competent enough in platforming and shooting um then he should be more than fine of a partner um i'm playing with my friend will uh who also used to write for the work print um and you know like we're tearing through it but there's still a level of coordination that's that's needed um like a, a decent amount of coordination and i know like even not even through the first chapter of that game you'll run into some difficulty spikes with someone that doesn't cape um yeah so yeah so it's just it's not worth that frustration. I wouldn't recommend it for somebody that's not like comfortable with a controller. I I think that's the best way to put it. Um, yeah, but it, it the levels vary. You not, I don't feel like I'm ever repeating tasks too often. Um, it it just like it it just changes things up from from scenario to scenario. Uh, and then the, there's a cool thing they have like these mini games like hidden throughout you hear like a tambourine shaking um and you just go there and it's like tug of war you just mash y or it's like i had a hammer and he had nails and we had to like play um like you either use one of our abilities to see if we get the most points uh so it's a lot of fun that way uh you know mixes things up the mini games don't get you anything besides bragging rights but it's a it's a fun little thing uh one concern though is when you do turn into dolls, there's this book of ma- book of love that has a real stereotypical Mexican uh, voice actor, and just like as soon as you see it, you're gonna be like, "Oh, that's wrong! It's it's wrong on so many levels." Like, like how did this even get approved? Um, but other than that, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I might actually stream that out next time we play. Uh, I was planning on doing it yesterday, but I realized I didn't have OBS. Uh, installed on my computer so uh, I have to get all that done and then probably stream out the future of that so the voice of that book is actually the creator Joseph Ferris who is the very he's infamous for his um, video game awards yes speeches and stuff like that 
And so, I don't know. And and then, knowing that, it just makes it even worse. In my yeah. Eyes. yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It really makes it worse. Um, uh. But it's like, it, it, the game is like, if someone took like, it's somewhere between a mix of a DreamWorks and a Pixar movie. But like dark at times, and yeah. it has you know it has some adult language, so I wouldn't say it's for kids fully. But like you've got a teenager, I think it's fine. yeah, he's thirteen. Yeah, listen, honestly, he says he probably says worse when I'm not around. So <laughs> yeah, um, and then uh, the last thing I played this weekend uh, stems a bit out of some news that dropped. Uh, Capcom dropped a Resident Evil trailer uh, last week. I didn't actually watch the trailer. I, I tried. I'm actually trying to go into this blind, like I did mostly with Seven. A hundred percent. Me too. Um, but I was like, and the first demo I, was like a tech demo. So I was like, oh, okay. So they, they dropped the exclusive demo on, uh, PlayStation five. It was available for a couple of hours on, I think Friday night into Saturday. It was like an eight hour time period. Uh, it was, the, it, and they're dropping another one later on called castle, which will drop. So village dropped on April 17th. Castle drops April 24th. Drops. Uh, no, we'll drop. Yeah, yeah, drops. Yeah, yeah, yeah drops. Yeah, yes, April twenty fourth, yeah. uh, and then I think there at some point it'll also come to Xbox as well uh, and the other consoles. Um, but like, it's a thirty minute demo, so it was a bad demo. It was, oh, really? I didn't play it at yeah, all. So, like, so you're playing as Ethan again, who was a protagonist in Seven. If he's this important, I kind of wish the voice actor was better. Um, but then again, I don't know if anyone really cares about the Resident Evil Seven storyline. But like, there's like emotional scenes happening because it's it's kind of story heavy. This demo, uh, and I'm just like, wow, this delivery is bad. It's like just taking me out of the scene entirely. Um, you can you, know, you just kind of walk through a village. And you encounter uh, you know some folks. There's like an old woman. Um, that's like, oh, the monsters are coming. You best get shelter, and she's crazy. Um, graphically, it didn't look that great, and it was weird because I thought the trailers looked great for this game. Um, so I'm not sure if it's just a demo thing or not. Um, yeah, I mean, the teaser demo they released, I thought looked looked good. Yeah, it when I played it. Yeah, I'm not sure what was going on here. I mean, I have OLED the, played on PS5. It right. was on the ray tracing mode as well. Um, I probably I'm not sure what the specs were. I know they said it's like 45 frames per second with ray tracing on, which yeah, is yeah. another weird caveat. But it seemed fine. Um, but the one thing I wasn't expecting was that I turned off the adaptive triggers because uh, I had a shotgun. I had a zombie coming towards me. The two zombies that were in this demo, and I pulled. I went to go pull right trigger to shoot. And nothing happened until I had to pull further, and I was just like, I was like, I get it, but it, in situations like this, it's just not great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, it right. really, it really took me out of it because I was like, this is just gonna mess up my aim even more. Um, and same thing with like the handgun. Uh, so I turned off the adaptive trigger. And I was like, this is not worth it. Um, you know, the demo is short. You you know, find some keys, open some items, examine it, and they become different items. Uh, finished it in twenty six minutes. Um, I, I don't think it was a good demo. Uh, if this is what they're going to showcase, I'm kind of hoping the castle is a bit better. Uh, I'll still pick this game up day one because I really enjoyed seven. But um, yeah, really yeah, hoping... I'm, I'm 100% on board day one. Yeah, I'm just really hoping castle um, is much better experience than this. Yeah, and that's uh, pretty much all I played this weekend. How about you? Uh, so in the past week, I've 
played a, a ton of games, which is usually the case. I just want to highlight a few. I got me and the the guys. I'm sure you've noticed have gotten really into Res, uh, Rainbow Six Siege again. Um, I think we were just looking for a different multiplayer game that we could all play together. And there's so many new operators that have been released since we last played. And so we've been playing that. We've been having a good time. It's How funny. Oh, yeah. So I've been streaming that. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one of the things I've been streaming. I've been streaming that uh, often. Yeah, it was actually a nice distraction. Like I had a bunch of work and emails to get through. I just threw it up in the background. And I was like, I was like, ah, oh, thank God Rob is streaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what i want for my what i want my stream to be for the most part i think there are plenty of people out there that if you want you know character characters if you want you know people being over the top or there are plenty of places and people to watch i mean that's just not me it's not gonna be me i mean don't get me wrong there are times where i get excited and i get loud and but i'm not gonna exaggerate anything mostly i'm streaming just because i'm playing these games anyway and like i said before i miss creating stuff and i hope at some point to get to a point where i then take some of these streams and i use it to just edit some vids and stuff like that and so what i mostly want it to be is a place where people who are who and just love who just love games right who could just come and chill and it'd be chill right yeah. like i mean i hate to say this but the vibe is probably that of 30 year olds right mm-hmm. uh because it is a bunch of 30 year olds playing video games most of the time yeah. but you know that untapped 30 year old market <laughs> you're yeah, coming right, for it <laughs> right no i mean you like- know what it is i mostly want it to be a place where my friends who for whatever reason they can't play at the moment can pop in and hang out i mean one of my buddies taylor was saying that watching us, watching me stream it and watching us play it got him really excited to play it again. And so he re-downloaded it and, and we've been playing that together as well. And it, it's been a really good time so far. I am I have wild swings where there are some rounds where you would think that I've been playing this my whole life. And there are some rounds where you're like, do I even know how the left and right stick work? There was, I think that... There was that one round where you ended up getting killed, and I wrote, "That's bullshit," because you got the drop on the guy, and I'm pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure you like you you nailed him in the head, and but like he got the bullets off first. I don't know how that how it worked, but I, I uh, mean, sometimes it's just a desync issue. Yeah. I don't. I try not to get too mad at that, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but I w- I just sat there and I was like, yeah, no, I, I would just get super frustrated at that all the time, and you know that's not for me. But it was just it was just fun to tune in and just like check it out. Yeah, and the bigger thing in that game, actually, and where I'm at a disadvantage for not having played it for a while, is they reworked some of the old maps, and there are newer maps. And these people, some of these matches I go into, and these guys know every single sight line, right? Like, there's no chance I'm coming wide on a corner and not getting blasted, right? So that's the one thing I need to get back into swing and, and learn a little bit more. It still amazes me that that game launched to, like, middling reviews and then became one of the for success game like stories out of like uh you know uh, games as a service yeah i played that game at launch and was like oh this is pretty good there's something here but i fell off of it quick and then they stuck with it and then i had come back to it 
and I was like, oh wow, this is really really good. And at that at this point, that was, even that was like three four years ago that I came back and said, oh, this is really really good. So no, it's been fun. I'm I'm having a good time. There are definitely some things I need to work on and learn. I also just think it's a it's an enjoyable game to watch somebody else play as well. Yeah, I um, I kind of wish Call of Duty would do that. Just iterate on what they have instead of changing it up every year they're yeah i mean they're doing that with warzone, warzone. right with their battle royale they, but like, that I, is their consistent but i feel like warzone is something that they need to scrap entirely and rebuild from the ground up oh, just I so mean, they could save storage space uh also i was playing warzone earlier today and i don't think there's another game that frustrates frustrates me as much as that game especially in the battle royale space i just think there are so many things that it does really really well and so many things that it does really really bad and i understand that it's a huge game and so that's but i watch some of my favorite streamers actually play it on a consistent basis because it is one of the biggest games out there and stuff like that but i'm telling you right now i'm not watching them because of the game i'm watching them because i enjoy them and their content uh and sometimes i'm just like i don't understand and whatever to each their own right but I don't understand how someone could play this particular game five, six hours a day, every day. I would just, I would just lose it. I mean, I don't think that's good like for my mental health, honestly. Um, besides Rainbow Six, I also got to, I mentioned last week that I was going to, I also dipped my toes into that odd world soul storm. How you is know? that? It is, I am not far. I am very early. Like, hour and a half two hours early i was blown away immediately by the cinematics and the art style and and some of the voice acting actually i find it all yeah i find it all to be very very interesting i think the world's interesting i also i think i might have mentioned this last week i loved stranger's wrath and so in my opinion that's what deserves a sequel right bring stranger was interesting that the odd world is interesting in my opinion but i'm more interested in the gameplay of stranger's wrath than i am in anything regarding abe so i started playing this and this should be up my alley in that it's a 2d puzzle platformer but where it throws it for me is in its stealth elements and it's heavy on the stealth elements and i think it's tough to do a 2d stealth game well because the games that in my opinion do stealth period well or the ones that encourage stealth but if things go wrong you it's you're not done so right yeah uh you're dishonored your metal gears your i mean i'm blanking on something off the top of my head but in that realm right where i always start all those games as stealthy as possible but then you know, if something goes wrong, then whatever, it's on. Soulstorm is not that. Soulstorm is very much like you have to wait. The enemies are quick to catch you if you mess up. Ugh. And the checkpointing is so, so, so far. Um, and so there was a situation where I knew what I had to do. It was just the timing window on it and the controls being just finicky enough when it comes to like grabbing onto ledges and stuff like that, that I was getting pretty frustrated. The thing is, though, is as I mentioned, the cinematics, I want to keep 
seeing this story. And so, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm not really playing anything else on my PS5 right now. So, it could be a scenario where I just sit down for maybe 30 minutes, an hour. Basically, I think this would be good for me as I play a level and then I step away. So that the frustration doesn't quite break me down. But I don't think that it has its hooks in me. Honestly, I think this game is way more fun when you can kind of use Abe's abilities and don't have to rely on some of the other. I think this game is fun when it's just puzzle solving, right? Mm -hmm. And using Abe's ability because Abe can um, basically he can control his enemies, right? He does his chant he and then he controls them and you can walk them into mines and stuff like that. That's the kind Wait, of stuff. Wh- what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I literally, you can use them to shoot other enemies. And so basically my gameplay loop in those scenarios is I grab one, he shoots somebody. Usually he dies because he gets shot by a third one. Then I control him, wipe it, everybody out, and then I throw them off a cliff if I can. Now, if there are mines, nobody's getting shot. Everybody's going to the mines. So is um is the I played Abe's Odyssey back on the PS One at yeah. my cousin's house in Canada for about like an hour or two, and it was yeah. just like you kind of just have to go save. Yeah, that's that's the, the... I mean, they had people. I, I don't know what they're called. Um, yeah, and so they're that, called oh. Uh... So is that the loop still? That's still this? the loop. I mean, okay. in the beginning, that's not the loop. In the beginning, it's more of there's this. I mean, this is the very beginning. It's not necessarily a spoiler, but it's an escape sequence and then a meeting up with your people sequence. Um, but then that becomes the loop later. I, I mean, you should play the game. Like I said, I, I so far, the thing that's most interesting to me is the presentation of it and mm-hmm. is the um, cinematics and, and the story so far, I think. It, and so I don't want to get too much into that because I, I, I think that's the best part. I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. Got it. Uh I've also I, I, been. <laughs> you did yeah. remind me of one thing though. When you said the controls were a bit finicky, it reminded me of it takes two, um, because I was doing a platform section and I was jumping over like a, a river or water or something, and I couldn't. St- and it had that halo indicator underneath me, and I was like, "Like, goddamn it, Crash Four did something right. <laughs> it ruined <laughs> other games for me. <laughs> it made me think of you." Yeah, I mean. I understand wanting a level of difficulty mm-hmm. to some of these games. And although I talked about this before, I, I didn't have the Sony consoles growing up. I only played them at a friend's house. I had played some of Abe's Odyssey and, and some of those other games. And I understand that they were difficult back then. I just think that there's a way. I think clever beats difficult mm-hmm. any day of the week. I think if your difficulty comes from clever puzzle design and level design, then I think that's better than just execution being the problem. Make me feel smart. Make me feel like I'm the only person that's ever played this game to figure out yeah. this puzzle. Because yeah. chances, there's been multiple t- games where I've just sat down and been like, I can't believe I did this. I figured it out, knowing full well that like 80% of other people have done this as well. Yeah, don't, don't punish yeah. me because I got off of a ledge that... First off, should be more fluid to to hang off and, and get down, you know, half a second late. Like, don't punish me over and over for that multiple times throughout level. And so that's kind of where I'm having issue with the game so far. But, 
I mean, we'll see. We'll see how far and how long I stick with it. Um, there is kind of a drought of games right now. I'm hoping that with Resident Evil coming, Returnal, and some of these other games that that, that drought is almost over. But that Returnal trailer looked nice. Um, it reminded me of Lost Planet. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up, but I'm curious to see. I mean, I like. Yeah, I like Housemark games. Uh, I'm excited. I am going to pick it up, but I'm probably going to pick it up through Gamefly. I'm, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, besides that, the last game I want to mention is just today. Actually, I tried out MLB The Show 21, and I tried it out on my Xbox Series X, and who boy is it jarring to see the PlayStation logo as as the first thing when it boots up because it does that playstation cinematic that all the playstation games do do. and you know kind of similar to like the marvel cinematic at the beginning of movies and that just hearing the sound like caught me off guard it just felt weird and that being said getting into the game this game is very daunting from the very beginning. Have you started this up? Did you download I, it by any chance? I, I, I used the Game Pass app to send it to the console to download, but I yeah, did not right. get a chance to uh, start playing. Okay, so you load into this game, and it's like, what's your favorite team? Okay, yep, favorite team. Uh, what stadium? Pick stadium. And then it starts getting in control scheme. And it's like, first it's like, do you want a casual experience? Are you casual, experienced, or like true simulation or something like that? So I was like, you know what? Let's just start with casual. I can change it later once I, because I haven't played this franchise ever. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, let's go into the controls for hitting. And then you go into hitting. And there are three or four hitting options control wise. Then it's pitching. And there are three or four different pitching options fielding, base running. There are so many options for every single thing. And in most situations, I would say, the more options, the better. But in this, it just comes off as so daunting as somebody who hasn't played this. And they're going to have a lot of new comers to this franchise, considering that it is now finally on a different platform and it is on Game Pass. And I think that having all of these options is a mistake, honestly. I think they probably should have just had, hey, this is our hardcore sim option, and then this is our more casual option right this one gives you more nuance and control and this one is easier pick up and play and so i mean that being said i sat there and i went through every single option and i have kind of a mix of what i believe is their um you know arcadey style controls even though it's still a baseball sim and their their extreme sim options i have something that's somewhere in the middle for across the board and so, I don't know. Uh, the game is gorgeous so far. It's very, very pretty. Um, but, I I mean, that whole process itself took me about 45 minutes to Damn. get through. So, I'm not even at the point. It, maybe it was a little bit short. Maybe it was like a half yeah. hour. But I'm not even at the point. It was still a significant amount of time where by the time I was done with it, I was like, all right, I now don't think I have the time before I have to start making dinner and stuff like that to play an actual game so i'm gonna get back to that i've already committed to um doing a league with some of the friends and so well my baseball knowledge goes as far as 
a Thanos Endgame meme that I saw uh, that goes, uh, the Knicks are finally a winning team. What did it cost? The Yankees. And yeah. I was just like, the Yankees were my team because they were just locally really close. And who wants to root for the Mets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, yeah. the Yankees the Yankees are also my team. Uh, even though my team should be the Phillies, considering how close I was to their stadium. But my dad was a Yankee fan. If you ask him, he'll tell you that he's a Yankee fan because he thinks making the pitchers hit is dumb. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I think he's a Yankee fan because the Yankees won all the time and they were close enough. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, uh, I mean, I've always been a fan of the team that was closest to me, like by proximity, besides yeah. besides the New Jersey yeah. Nets, because back then they were just abysmal. And so yeah. I was a Knicks fan growing up. Um, and still I'm a Knicks fan, so it's been nice to have them back. But uh, yeah, no, Yankees were just right there. So I was just like, yeah, we don't have a New Jersey baseball team, so uh, let's go with the Yankees. And they just won all the time. So now I have to, you know, I'll probably wear that Yankees uh, badge as they have sucky seasons. Um, Yeah, but I I did see, I actually did see a a video of the pitching in this game. So like you move the analog to like on a pattern or something to pitch or. Okay, so that is one of the options. This is what I'm talking about. That is one of the options, right? Another option is a more traditional, what you think of when you think of old school sports games where you, you pick the pitch. You hit A, then when it goes up the meter, you hit A again. And when it comes back, there's a zone where you got to time it and hit A mm-hmm. again to hit in the zone. Your hot shots golf okay. of, of meters. And I was like, oh, that seems like the casual option. Let me just try this because that's probably what I'm more familiar with. I could not, for the life of me, get it to land in that second zone. It just like flew by and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This ain't for me either. <laughs> and the pattern one, I was like, no, I'm you know, 30 some odd years old up. I'm good. Thank you very much. And so there's another option though, where it is like a pulse, right? Where the circle gets big and then gets smaller, like a, like a pulse. Right. And then when it gets smaller, if you hit it, that's when you get the best pitch. So that's the one I'm using actually, because Years and years of rhythm games have ingrained getting the timing down on that for me. All those Persona dancing games. Oh, the Persona dancing games are fantastic. They are in my I, backlog. I, I, <laughs> see, I want to be. I got to be Persona Five because I want to play that. You know, Persona Five dancing. I tangents. This show should just be the work print tangents because this is what ends up happening. Back on back on track. Yes, that is one of the pitching options. Like I said, there are so many different options, which is a good thing i think in probably in the long run i just think it's a i just think it's very daunting at first no, that, for, that, that for sounds people. that sounds like a lot and maybe i'll dabble with it but i don't know if it'll be something i fully invest in but um i'll check it out for sure um do you know if there's like a home run derby mode i believe there is i think i looked this up prior to okay. the game's actual release i believe there is i like i said I literally got my settings down <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I got to go. Um, I also had a ton of other life stuff going on. We had some landscaping done out front and it was not up to snuff at, at, at first. And so I had to go out there. Luckily, some of the people who were working on the job were Hispanic. And so I went out there and I talked to them in Spanish and was like, look, this needs to be fixed. <laughs> and so, hey, to their credit, they did it. I'm very happy now for the most part with the, the job that's done. 
And, uh, and I gave them some of my business cards and was like, listen, you guys ever run into any traffic tickets or anything? Let me know. I'll, I'll consult's free and we'll talk about a discount. Uh, all right. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, go ahead and get right into the news from here. All right. It's been um, it's been quite a week in terms of news. Uh, a lot of stuff happening for sure. Uh, one, the first ones being Days Gone is coming to PC. I don't know if this was ever officially announced. I know it was rumored and it was kind of like an open secret, but I'm not sure if Sony just finally came out and announced this. Uh, but it's coming to PC on May 18th on the Epic and uh, Epic Game Store and Steam. And okay, great. That's enough. Let's move to the next news story. <laughs> Do you care? Do you care? I know there's this big hubbub yeah. and there was all this drama actually surrounding Days Gone and one of the creative directors, I think, comments he made about people, if they actually like a game, they should pay full price for it. Yeah. And so he was actually challenged on it. I think it was David Jaffe, actually, creator of his podcast, creator yeah. of God of War, who said, well, how are people supposed to know they like it? Uh, yeah. You know, Without until they it. actually play it, you know, until they've actually bought it. And so they bought it on sale and then discovered that they liked it, right? But I, I just, I don't, the game came out to okay reviews okay reviews right yeah, yeah. okay reviews is probably the, the best way to say it there wasn't a ton of fanfare behind it i know plenty of people who played it and the response is always for the most part the response isn't oh this was this fantastic game the response is oh this game was better than i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. you know when people yeah. do like it yeah and so now when there was all this talk about Days Gone not going to get is not going to get a sequel, that's one of the reports that came out recently, then there was this fervor behind it and the support behind it. But like the reality is is the game came out and didn't make waves. Right? And so and even at best, it's still not like I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like there's been a, a lot of attention given to this game. And I think but I think, for me, what it is, is, one, it opens the door to a more audiences. Like, Microsoft has been putting their uh, first-party exclusives out on oh, Steam now and stuff. So yeah, Sony, sure, Sony, sure. Sony doing that is great. But I think with games like Days Gone, and even, like, Outriders for, for certain, it's like, these games, like, and I'll even throw in the first Mass Effect here. Because I don't, I like, I think while the story in the first Mass Effect was great, the gameplay, not so great. It's, like... You build that base, and then you put out a sequel that's better, that iterates on everything that uh, came before, and you'll have that blockbuster success. Like you have to at least do the ground, do that first game, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not that blockbuster hit that Sony wanted. You need to at least do it, have it come out, have that small fan base, and if that sequel looks dope as hell, people will go back to that first one. But like, I think the, the story you're mentioning was like the Jason Schreier story that like. Um, Sony doesn't want to do a Days Gone sequel. They're concentrating on big blockbusters. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. They've closed down those Japan studios, uh, Japanese studios. Um, they're doing a Last of Us remake for the original game. Like what? What? Um, so and don't and don't get me wrong. Yeah, I would love to see a Days Gone sequel, right? Yeah. Because if, like you said, there are plenty of games that have come out, and the set of foundation and sequel has been better, right? I just. And I actually think the news about Sony focusing solely on blockbuster titles is a mistake. I think the thing Sony did best last generation was having a variety yeah. across indie and and blockbuster titles. 
but I just I just don't understand why Days Gone of all games is now. It's interesting. Uh, My boss told me, and he's someone that plays just as many games as you you and me. Um, he told me he played through this game twice. He just, he loved it. He's like, I don't care what the review said. You know this what? game was just so good. And I was just like, but like, and I keep seeing that like on forums and stuff. So like, yeah. you know, day, like, they're like, Days Gone's, you know, it's better than like what it, you know, what it was at launch. Or like, you know, there's been updates and stuff that have come out since that have improved on it. Like, and, and you know, it, it intrigues me to pick it up, but I know like I have it on PS5, but well, uh, uh, but on like PC, you know, there's more, you know, they, they done it right. 21.9 ultra wide monitor support improved graphics unlock frame rate uh so you know like there's they, they did the work for pc so you know on one hand i'm glad sony's doing that work after thoroughly botching horizon zero dawn but um yeah maybe yeah. maybe maybe you know what maybe i'll play this game sometime this summer when there's another drought our, maybe our book club. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and then I'll, I'll be changing my tune and, and yeah and saying how great it is and how it's a shame that we're not getting a sequel. Uh, th- this summer, welcome to the Gamescast Book Club, where we play Days Gone. And like, you know, yeah. I, I w- you joke about this, but I would love to do something like that. I'm down. We gotta get we gotta get this other podcast off the ground. Yeah. I need to get this other one off the ground because that's the one I'm most passionate yeah. about. And uh, and then we can talk about what we do next. Yeah. And All like, right, so okay, so there's there's that. Next one is the Lord of the Rings MMO has been canceled, and this is not even the first. Lord of the Rings MMO that's been canceled. That's the second one because EA did one. I tried doing one a couple years back, and that just like I believe back then the Tolkien estate uh, kind of shut it down. Um, but this one is thanks to Tencent acquiring a studio that Amazon I believe was working with, and according to an Amazon spokesperson, they said we have been unable to secure terms to proceed with this title at this time, um, and it's it's frustrating because I know Balder has been one mmo for lord of the rings it, it that that was middling like everything i read about like the new ones that they've been developing everything that they would put into it got me so excited and it just it sucks to keep some, seeing these projects fail i mean just give me a two towers remaster and return of the king remaster at this point those games are great mash ups um at least ease the pain you know it's funny lately i've been talking about and talking to some of my friends about possibly finding an mmo to get into and so this is kind of a bummer because this could have been the one that i gave a shot um but also i mean what is amazon doing over there as far as games are concerned they have canceled games they've released and then immediately pulled games and the person in charge has no idea what they're doing um I had to find. I think it was Jason Trier who did a article on Amazon Studios, uh, exactly like what was going on there, and it, you know, it's like the person that was put in charge is like Jeff Bezos's buddy, <laughs> like you know, like essentially someone that's worked up the ranks with them, but doesn't have gaming experience. And you know, just because you can run one section of Amazon doesn't mean you can run games. It you know, it's an entirely different workflow, and yeah, you know, games take time, like. You can't rush a game, and we've seen that with Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red. You know, like look how tarnished CD Projekt's Red name name is. Like, go back to November, and people were still hyped before that game came out. In their eyes, they, they couldn't do any wrong, and the wrong was done. Yeah. All right, listen. Can we save 
the story that you have next. Let's save that for either the last story or the second last story. Because that one I have a, a lot to say about. Let's save that for the last story. Okay. Why don't you get us into the, the next one? All right. Last, I think it was last week, Sony came out and announced that they were going to shut down the PSP, Vita, and PS3 digital marketplaces. Um, which, to further the fans... You know, we're really upset. You will no longer be able to patch games, update games, download uh, any of those classics. And like for systems like the PSP Go, uh, even the Vita, um, which were heavily dependent on just like the marketplace in general, you know, it, it would it would kind of kill those uh, systems. Uh, Sony ended up coming out. This was yesterday, saying recently we notified players that the PlayStation Store for PS3 and PS Vita devices was planned to end this summer. Upon further reflection, however, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. So I'm happy to say that you will keep keep with that. We will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for the PS3 and PS Vita devices. PSP commerce functionality will retire on July 2nd, 2021, as planned. And that's fair, because if you have a PSP and you haven't uh, put a custom firmware on it yet, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, 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 kind of the I'm, same with the Vita, but <laughs> <laughs> I actually I have very mixed feelings about this ento- entire story. Uh, on the one hand, I do think that this is a nice make good of them listening to their fans and listening to the outcry and reversing course on a decision that isn't the most consumer friendly at the end of the day for people who, especially what got me is that there was a game releasing on the Vita as late as like a week ago. Right. And I believe there were some other companies that were working on Vita ports of games that hadn't even been told that the game store was closed, that the store was closing as, um, as quickly as it, it, they had announced on the other hand, as a realist, I have to imagine that the numbers just don't add up for the work it takes to keep these stores running or else they wouldn't have made that decision in the first place. And so part of me feels like I part of me f- actually does feel for Sony in, in this case, right? Is yeah. where could those resources be going otherwise, you know? And I there are times when fan outcry results in change for the better. Mm-hmm. And the biggest example being that Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, my wife watched it for the first time recently and I, you know, I, I popped in and was watching some of it and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so glad they changed that model. Cause the model looks good in the movie. That model, the model is like one of the best parts of that movie. That model but, is the son of Slenderman. Yeah. The original yeah that original model was so bad. <laughs> But I'm not the biggest fan of a fan outcry. I just don't want fan. There are times when fan outcry should result in change, and times when it shouldn't. And I think sometimes actions like these embolden some of the worst type of fans. Hmm. Um, I, I, also, I mean, I, for I mean, yeah. again, I don't play my PS3 anymore. I don't even have my PS3 anymore. I don't play my Vita anymore. As much as I love the Vita, actually, and I think it was a great handheld. I don't the, play it anymore. The, why, so, they didn't this put tri- why they didn't put triggers on that thing? It yeah, still yeah. blow my mind. Um, um, but I, this doesn't impact me that much, so yeah. that's why. I mean, I just don't have a passion. Yeah, I, 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 I think I agree. Like on the PS3, like I think outside of Metal Gear Solid Four, which is the only way to still play that game. Um, like 
I, I don't feel like I'm losing too much because a lot of those big classics here got remastered. Uh, but like, I think the Vita still sh- the store should still exist. There are still people developing games for the Vita. There's mm-hmm. still a lot of revenue. Like the Vita is a great uh, RPG handheld device. Like I think it's better than the Switch in that regard in some ways. Um, you know what this does highlight though? This highlights how smart and how good Xbox's backwards compatibility yeah. program is. It's it's amazing, and like they continue to enhance on it with you know the backwards compatibility program with game pass and now with the cloud edition um and so like you know we've had the cloud gaming on android devices which they've beta tested for i think close to a year now and you know they announced uh you know cloud gaming coming for windows 10 and ios in a limited beta which dropped today i did not get an invite phil spencer call me come to, How, come, come to the principal's did... office did you have to sign up for the invite, or were they just I, randomly sending I, out? I think they're randomly sending out, but I feel like this wave went to like influencers and stuff. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, want, I mean, I want to be surprised. And, like, I guess. Press. Uh, um, can I just say, just to bring the show to a crashing halt, I did not mean for that to be a segue when I mentioned how great their backwards compatibility <laughs> program. And you, like a pro, just completely took it into the next story. That was so good. I mean, round of applause, <laughs> honestly. I, I saw the look in your eyes. <laughs> I knew I knew what had to be done. Um, no, yeah, but cloud gaming is coming to Windows 10 and iOS. It's in limited beta. They'll be rolling out more invites uh, as as it goes as it continues to grow uh, month to month. Yeah, they have and over is... they have over a hundred games to be tested during this period. Fifty of them, which you can play with touch uh, with touchscreen controls, um, which is kind of nuts. And like you can hook up controllers like the Razer Kishi or. Uh, the backbone, or the backbone, or, yeah, or your Xbox or Sony controller, like you know, like and, you're not limited at all. The the thing that's most impressive to me is actually they're doing this through not just the Edge browser, which I thought they were going to force people to install across mm-hmm. the board, but you can also do it through Chrome or the Safari browser. So they are making this as easy as they can make it, considering that they can't just have the app on there. Yeah, and like. I mean, they are tearing down those walls. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, one, they're not doing the app because Apple's entire app store is, you know, they're being restrictive with what can and can't be there. Uh, but even uh, the news that story that broke today on Windows Central about a new Microsoft store coming this fall, uh, developers will be able to have Win32 app, apps, so you'll be able to, like, down, like, they'll be able to put up their zip file, like, whatever uh, file it is of their game, be able to download it and bot it, which is not currently uh, doable on Windows Store. So it's like, it's everything gamers have been complaining about, and they're working on fixing it. Like, and, and this is exactly what they should have done years ago, but I'm finally, you know, I'm happy to see, the, like, the effort into PC gaming and just that environment uh, with the Microsoft and, Store and, is improving. Yeah, and it has gotten better. I mean, honestly, I, the only, the only desktop gaming I do that even involves the Microsoft Store is through the Xbox uh, app, through Game Pass app. Mm-hmm. And it's seamless there. Yeah. And actually, the only time I ever see the actual Microsoft Store is when it shows it when you go to do updates. It actually pulls it back. It pulls it up when there's an update for a game. It pulls it up or an update for the app itself. It pulls up the store and stuff like that. And they they have made it much, much better. I mean, yes, it still has its flaws, but they are they have already made it much better. And the fact that they've gotten this far with it makes me believe that they will get it to a point where most people want it right yeah and 
uh, like for me, Yakuza Seven since it's crossplay, uh, that's like I had to download, go into my purchase history on the Microsoft Store and just download it. Like the store needs improvements. Um, I even there's been uh, if you jump on some forums about the Game Pass app on PC, sometimes when you uninstall a game, it doesn't uninstall properly and it still takes up room on your SSD, and I'll, like it, it's a process to like remove. Uh, so it, it, you know there's. And SSD space is valuable, <laughs> even on yeah. a PC. So, because right. uh, it's expensive, it's expe- still expensive technology. So, um, you know, there's improvements that can still be made. Uh, but you know, they're doing the, they're doing the work. Like, how many weeks? Like every week we've been back, there has been a Microsoft story we talked about. Like they're owning their news cycle. Like they're heading into E3 with such a with such a force. It's their it's it's their fight to lose at this point in my in my eyes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, excited to get my invite, Phil Spencer. I know you're listening. Um, just send it my way. Uh, you just listen to the ads at the end. Just DM me. Um, <laughs> and then the final story uh, of the week, it, uh, which I'll throw your way, Rob, since you seem to be excited for this. Apex well, Legends is coming to mobile, which is I think will ruin your life. No, so I, I'm actually less excited for this, more excited for news that's adjacent to this. But so yes, Apex Legend is coming to mobile. We had known that they were working on a port for a little while now, but they have announced that they are going to start the way it seems all mobile games do. They are going to start allowing players to test it out in certain regions. Usually it's what, New Zealand or something like yeah. that? And the other news come from this is that this is an Apex Legends built from the ground up for mobile and for touch controls, which means that it won't have cross progression, which is kind of a bummer. Um, That being said, Call of Duty Mobile does a very similar thing where even though it is very much a Call of Duty game and kind of a Call of Duty experience, it is tailored specifically for mobile, has its own battle pass and progression and stuff like that. And the two worlds of mobile and console do not intermix. So but, that but like those games built up for the ground up on mobile look better than I would say pro- probably the Switch version ends up looking. Yes, no, agreed. And they it, they tend to make changes that that makes sense, right? And that's the reason why yeah. you can't just have that cross progression. It is kind of a bummer because I you know, have a ton of cosmetics and stuff like that already on the on the console version. Apex Legends being probably my favorite game from last generation and already probably the game I've played the most this new generation. Um, now, that being said, what was also announced this week... Oh, now I was, know why you're so excited for this. ...was <laughs> the new Legend coming to the new season, and that is Valkyrie. Now, there had already been used that a bunch of titanfall content was making its way into apex legends and valkyrie is actually the daughter of a famous titanfall pilot viper who's actually one of the villains in titanfall 2 and so we got this whole beautiful cinematic i mean apex does amazing cinematics to introduce their characters and this made me want to go back and play titanfall 2 again because I love that franchise. I love one. I love two. That's probably why I love Apex Legends so much, actually, is because of the pedigree it comes from. And I don't know. I always 
this is what happens. I they announce a new character. I get really into the season and blitz through the mo- the majority of the battle pass in the first you know three or four weeks or whatever, and then I stop about the halfway through point of each season, and usually it's because I don't love one of the maps that's currently on rotation. They have multiple write... maps now. They have three different maps oh, yeah, wow. that they've released. That's been yeah. a while since um, I jumped in. Yeah, so they only have a rotation of two maps right now. Um, so the maps they've had is King's Canyon, which is the original map. With some updates to it, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, World's Edge was the second map that they had released. And then Olympus, which is the latest map. I do not like Olympus at all. It seems like, and there's teasers that the new map, is going to be with the new season is going to be updates to Olympus. And so I think there are parts of Olympus that are, are good and are interesting, but there's just too much empty space where there's just nothing going on in that map. And they did it because they wanted, they introduced a, a vehicle. I'm hoping that they just take that vehicle out and they fill up some of that empty space with the changes they're making, because there is no need for vehicles in apex legends. There's just not just... uh, people. People barely use them as is honestly on that map. I, never get in them apex has the best mobility of any battle royale out there there's you're there's, you always have an opportunity to get from one end of the map to the other quickly enough they have the jump towers that you can basically redeploy from they introduce these heat shields where now if you are caught in the storm you can throw this heat shield down which will protect you so you can heal yourself up quickly and then run through some more and stuff like that so there's just no reason for them anymore so i'm hoping God, please, just get rid of them. The only, fill up that map a little bit. The only time a vehicle should be allowed in any shooter is big team battles in Halo. That's it. Yeah, agreed. agreed. 100% on board. They don't belong in Battle Royales unless it's to ferry you from one location to inner location faster. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, and and so and I think that's fine. Like, for example, uh, Call of Duty is a giant map. And the base mobility isn't as high as it is in Apex Legends. Now we're getting a little bit into the weeds on this talk. So I apologize if anybody doesn't care about Battle Royales is bored by this. But in Call of Duty, it makes sense, right? Getting in a helicopter to get from one end of the map to the other makes sense. Okay, Especially when you have so many people just sitting on top of buildings, you know, trying to camp you and, and snipe you out. Apex doesn't have that issue, right? And Apex has the jump towers, which in my opinion is the best mobility in any uh those are those flagpoles that like kind of launch yes that you you go up and they sent you launching through the air and it reveals people semi reveals your location because people can hear it when people are, are soaring in right you leave a trail behind you which is an indicator for enemies and stuff like that so there is some risk to taking them so even still for the most part unless we have to take them i'll just go on foot you know but like I said, there's already so much mobility. You have characters that give you extra mobility. I mean, Pathfinder sends a zipline across the parts yeah. of the map. Uh, Octane, his jump pad, they made it so much better where you can get almost as far as you can from a jump tower just from jumping off of Octane's jump pad. And so, I mean, that, I just, I need them to change that map because there are times where I'm playing that game and as much as I love that game where when the timer flips and they switch rotation and it's on the uh, map, I just switched to a different game and I don't even want to be bothered, you know? So, and I'm always excited for a new character, especially when the leaks on her kit seem interesting, right? She se- seems like she has the ability. So 
her kit is basically she modified her dad's Titan and it's now essentially like a jetpack. Hmm. Right? And it looks like she has wings essentially, which is why the call sign Valkyrie, you know. And so it seems like her passive is gonna be she's gonna have the ability to hover for a little while in the air. Um she's gonna have the ability to basically like fly up a little bit and then shoot missiles, right? They're cluster missiles, so they're not gonna do a ton of damage. Uh, and then her ultimate, I believe, based on the leak, is that she can take herself and her teammates up into the air and redeploy, similar to a jump tower, just Ooh. by her, like, you know, kind of like <laughs> in Smite, uh, the god Horus has his ultimate. He does that. He picks everybody up and he takes them with them to a location on the map. And so, again, another character with a ton of mobility. And those are the characters that I tend to gravitate towards just because of my play style. And so I'm I'm really really excited, and it it makes me more than anything want them to take the riot approach, where they have the Titanfall universe, they have the Apex Legends universe, right? Just keep releasing games in this universe. Yeah. You know, give me a campaign that has some of the mobility. And some of the characters, I don't even need all the characters. You can pick the characters that you want to make your story about, right? Pick four or five of them and stuff like that. But give me the character abilities in hallways, in battle arenas, in you know, in normal first-person shooter campaign level design, right? And let me see what you can do with that because they have there is just so much lore to and, this battle royale. And respawn can do. A yeah. really good single player. We yeah. we know we know this. Uh, Titanfall two, if you have not played it, is a gr- great way to spend five dollars because that game's always on sale. Um, I mean, I believe that game is now on Game Pass, right? As part of EA Play for a while, oh, the Titanfall yeah. games weren't part of EA Play, but I believe they are now. Yeah. And so, I mean, just do it ugh, if you haven't do done it. it. Just do it. Yeah. And like, it, it's what what blows my mind is um, Apex Legends has come in and ate Overwatch's lunch. Like the news today, Jeff Kaplan leaving uh, Blizzard and leaving a statement that looked like it was written in iPhone Notes app or <laughs> like that. I don't know if you uh, saw that I, statement, but no, it, I didn't see the statement. I saw he was leaving. Yeah, uh, it, it's not even like the, none of the letters are capitalized. It's just it's just like weirdly formatted. It just kind of like they pushed him out the door and they're like, oh, by the way, can we get a quick statement? Uh, but like, no, it's like what like Overwatch nobody's talking about it nobody i know is playing it anymore everybody's talking about apex like apex has become that game and it has a, it has a character it has that lore building uh that overwatch had um it, it you know it sucks because i think overwatch it had something special there and it's just taking way too long for the sequel or whatever they're working on to come out um yeah no i i agree 100 percent. and listen I'm very biased. I, like I said, I love Apex Legends. I'm, I know there are many people that will say, just like they say Fortnite's dead game, they say Apex dead game. Uh, Fortnite's still so much alive. <laughs> I know. I know. It's nuts. But yeah, I, you know, like I said, love Apex. I'm excited for this next season. And you can anticipate me talking about it again in a couple of weeks when the season releases and I give my thoughts on all the changes and stuff like that. Uh, I think that rounds it out for our news this week. Yeah. Um, I think we got another tight hour-long podcast, which is right the sweet spot where I like to keep it. 
Uh, also, there wasn't a ton of big, big news, I'd say, this week. So don't expect this to be the norm. There's definitely some hour, 45-minute, two-hour podcast coming your way. At, I can't at some wait point for E3. June is going to oh be my so God. much fun. Uh, but yeah, that being said, make sure to... Follow me over on Twitter at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. That's also my gamer tag on Xbox at where I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash SunnyVice20. Come in, mention that you listen to the podcast, and just come and hang out. Uh, you will be, you know, anywhere from my only viewer to one of, like, 11. So, Come on and hang out. What about you, Bilal? Where, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me over at Twitter at Bilal underscore Mion. And you can always follow the work print at the work print on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Um, not sure if I'm missing any other social networks, but usually just look up the work print and you'll find us. Um, and Phil Spencer, call me. <laughs> uh and yeah, uh, besides following us, make sure if you are enjoying the podcast or if you have any constructive criticism, make sure to let Bilal know. Yeah. No. And make sure you tell your friends, you know, the more people that listen, the the more we can do and the more people we can get on this show. We are working on getting a couple other voices in here on, on a regular basis um, and a couple of people to guest here and there. Yeah. And, and uh, like I said, at some point, the other podcast I keep talking about is coming. Yeah. I just we, need to know that details and do it right. And we do have one other podcast that's wrapping up this weekend. Uh, you know, Norton, uh, Norton Rob, Daughter Rob, and I have been doing uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so I think it's actually a really, really good podcast that we put together. And with the finale this Friday, uh, we're looking to record our final podcast for that on uh, Sunday uh, with a full cast of characters. Uh, so uh, stay tuned to that and you know, we'll be back with another Marvel podcast in June I think it is for Loki so um, you, know, you know subscribe to the podcast feed where, you know, we're available on Apple, Google and Spotify also there might might be a special one off this weekend that we mentioned uh, at the end of well we didn't mention it on the podcast we talked about it after the podcast oh, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to commit to it I don't want to commit to it just in case it doesn't happen but I feel like I can get one or two other people. That would be a lot of fun for us to get on here and talk about it. So we'll see. Anyway, until next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>